There's a number of people who are already gone for the holiday, but it's great to have all of you here. And I know you're probably waiting, uh, hanging here until uh, Tuesday for Pi Day, right? Uh, I don't. People have asked me why do we have Pi for uh, Thanksgiving celebration, and um, none of the elders can remember why we why we do that. But it is a tradition. So I hope you guys will all be here on Tuesday, and uh, that's going to be a sweet time. Uh, this is a, a wonderful opportunity for us to have Eric Zeller here. I know most of you don't know Eric Zeller. Uh, how many of you were here for the last uh, missions conference? Can you raise your hand? Oh, good. About a third of you. Uh, Eric was here with that for that, uh, as was uh, Shannon Hurley and some others, and it was a fabulous time of, of just fellowship together and, and focus on mission and gospel urgency and all of those things. Um, recently, Eric and I were talking. I found out he was going to be in town, and since uh, he is one of our supported missionaries, uh, I asked him, you know, could you, could you come? And he said, absolutely not. He was too, his uh, schedule was packed, and, uh, but he, he repented. And so... <laughs> So he decided uh, he was going to be able to make it after all, and uh, we're so happy to have Eric Zeller. I'm going to tell you more about him uh, when we go down to the worship service, but because um, he'll be preaching this morning as well. Uh, Eric uh, works uh, at a uh, at a uh, in a training center down in Dubai, and uh, he is doing fabulous work down there. It's a fabulous team, and I know Eric's probably going to tell you more about that. So. Uh, what I've asked him to do this morning is, uh, during the Sunday School Hour, tell us about your ministry and what's going on, and give, us, uh, give everybody an idea of, of what you do down there, and uh, why, uh, and, and how we can pray and support you further. And then uh, down, in the, uh, down in the chapel later, uh, he'll just be preaching the word. And so, I don't want to take any more of your time. Eric, would you come? It's my privilege to be with you today. So glad this got to work out. So my name is Eric Zeller. As Pastor Dan said, I am your missionary in Dubai. My family is not with me today. There they are up on the screen. My wife, Heather, our five children, Caroline, Emmett, Randall, Makaria, and Moses. Uh, most of them are in Dubai. We have one uh, now. Our oldest is out at the Master's University. So that's Caroline in her freshman year. So we're sort of experiencing that transition this year, but family's doing well, and they send greetings to you. Um, we are, you know, why Dubai? We, we live in Dubai because the, the world lives in Dubai. Dubai is a city where 90% of the population of this city comes from other places. And so the people that live around us are not just people who were born and grew up in the United Arab Emirates, but people from every country surrounding there. So people from India, from Pakistan, from Iran, from Saudi Arabia, from Lebanon, from Egypt, from Nigeria, from Kenya. The whole world literally is there in Dubai. And, you know, if you think of where Dubai is on the map, it's right in the middle of the least reached part of the world in the 1040 window. And so as we have people from all of those countries there in Dubai, what incredible opportunities for ministry are there. And so we will talk more about some of those things as we go here. But um, I want to maybe take one step back and just talk about our story, how we got to be in Dubai, because we haven't always been in Dubai. So for those of you who haven't already met us, sounds like 
There is a, a good chunk from Pastor Dan's little survey who have not met us, seen us before, so hopefully I get to meet many of you today. But our background is as follows. So my, um, my wife, so I'm from here, from Dallas. I grew up in Dallas. My wife is from Northern California. And so my wife and I met at the Master's University out in Southern California. And we, we met, we both had a heart for missions. We both wanted to go overseas and serve the Lord. And so the Lord brought us together and we uh, undertook some training out there for that and then ended up coming out here to Texas in 2003. And I was attending Dallas Seminary, had the opportunity to do the PhD program there. And at the same time, I was pastoring at a church up in uh, Grapevine, Grace Bible Church. Uh, some former Grace Bible Churchers are over here. Hello, Snodgrass family. And so, um, so we, we were up there, and the Lord gave us a great season of ministry up there, even as we were uh, studying and preparing. But, but the reason why um, we, were, we were here, the reason why we were preparing was because we wanted to go overseas and be involved in theological education. Uh, the Lord had put on our heart this desire to say, you know, there are so many places where the gospel is not known, where there's no churches, where no one is preaching the gospel, and it seems like a key ingredient in causing more churches to exist where they aren't is the raising up of leaders who can start new churches, who can preach the gospel in places where it isn't. And so with having the access to training and resources that we do here in the U.S., what a strategic way to invest it would be to be involved in training leaders from other places. So that's what we uh, wanted to do, and the Lord had put India on our heart, and so we wanted to go to India, and so that was our original plan to be missionaries in India. And so we spent years here in North Texas preparing to go and start a seminary in India. And in 2013, our church sent us out to India, and we moved to India with plans of being there for the rest of our lives, if the Lord would have it, and the Lord did not have it, because we were there just one year, and Things actually went really well in many ways. The ministry got started. We were partnering with some church plants there, and we had uh, we kind of got the seminary program started, and we had students that were there, and so many good things happened, but we had some family health issues, and then we had these visa challenges where we just couldn't get a visa to be able to stay there and keep living there. And so after just a year of being there, we you know, had to leave. We weren't able to stay there anymore, and so there was kind of this season of trying to figure out Okay, well, what is the Lord doing? What is next for us? Where should we go? Uh, where should we go now? We wanted to serve the Lord and, and among the least reached, and we thought India was the place, but here that door closed, so what now? And then in 2015, the Lord brought us to Dubai, and what happened was we had someone that we'd been in seminary with that was, had planted a church in Dubai. The, the church was growing. Uh, things were making progress. People were getting saved, and they said, hey, we have here in Dubai, you know, you want to serve in India. Actually, in Dubai, 50% of the population is from India, but we also have the rest of the world here, too. And what opportunity there is here. And so we said, oh, well, maybe we should check this out. And so we went to Dubai, checked it out, and uh, by God's grace, we've been there six years. And we really see that throughout this kind of journey, even though it wasn't what we had originally set out to do, this is what the Lord had for us all along. So talk more about Dubai in just a minute. And by the way, I'm going to try to save some time at the end for questions. So if you have questions about Dubai, about the ministry, about us, uh, we'll try to give some time to that at the end. So be thinking about that as we go. But just by way of you, you getting to know us, I thought I'd share, hey, not just here's the stuff we're doing, but, but why are we doing it? Why do we do these things? Why do we live where we live? Why do we do the kind of ministry that we do? So just 
a um, couple minutes on some foundational convictions that drive us. First of all, um, our ministry is motivated by the idea that God saves in his world. We could read from Romans 5. It says, For as by the one man's disobedience the many were made sinners, so by the one man's obedience the many will be made righteous. Now the law came in to increase the trespass that where sin increased, grace abounded all the more, so that as sin reigned in death, grace also might reign through righteousness, leading to eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. And so we're driven by the conviction that, hey, all of us are sinners. All of us here, everyone in the world are by nature lost. And so in this world, we have 7.5 billion people and the vast majority of them are lost. They don't know Christ. And so that's true, but we also know that God has a plan. God is doing something about that lostness, that God is, God has sent his son, Jesus Christ, to die for sinners, that eternal life is possible through Jesus Christ. So we, we serve a God who saves, and so that motivates us to go out and let people know that this God is a saving God, that eternal life is possible through Jesus Christ. So God saves in his world. We also believe that God speaks in his word. 2 Timothy three sixteen and 17, all scripture is breathed out by God and profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, for training in righteousness, that the man of God may be complete, equipped for every good work. And so we believe here's this God who created the whole world. All of us are his creation. And that God who made us, uh, to whom we belong, he has spoken. He has communicated. He's revealed himself in his word. And so we, we have what he says. We have this book. We have scripture. And if God has spoken in scripture, then scripture must be true. And if scripture is the true authoritative word of God, then it has to be the authority for us in everything, in our own lives, in our churches, in our mission, in our ministry. So our ministry is driven by this conviction that God has spoken in his word. Therefore, what we need to do is we need to go and we need to spread his word. Because therefore, the most important thing in the world is for everyone in the world to hear what God has said and to order their lives accordingly. So God speaks in his word. Third, God works through his church, through his church. And, you know, we believe that we as God's people are sent to the world, right? Jesus' commission, Matthew 28, he said, go therefore and make disciples of all nations, right? And so the reason why the church is important is because the church is the, the means, the vehicle that God uses to reveal himself to the world. And so there's a lot of verses that talk about this I mentioned here. Ephesians chapter 1, it says he put all things under his feet and gave him his head over all things to the church, which is his body, the fullness of him who fills all and in all. And when you think about this verse and you think about this part about the fullness of him who fills all and in all, that's what the church is. I think it's looking back at Old Testament prophecy that talks about in Habakkuk that the, the, the earth will be filled with the knowledge of the glory of the Lord as the waters cover the sea. And it's saying that that's what Christ is doing. Christ is filling the world with the knowledge of God. And how is he doing that? He's doing that through his church. The church is his fullness through whom he's filling the world with the knowledge of him. And so the church is, is, is the, the means through which God works in the world. Therefore, we need churches that are governed according to the word of God, that are led by those who are holding fast to the word of God and training others in it, and that we're planting new churches and training new leaders who will do that. And so certainly there's more that could be said about convictions, but those are, those are a few that are driving us forward into what we do. Speaking of what we do, 
Let's talk about that a little bit. And what I want to do here is I want to show you a video. And this is actually a video that was um, made a, a couple of years ago by some people who came over. There's a few things that have changed since then, and I'll talk about that here in a minute. But the reason I like this video is it just gives a little picture of here's what Dubai looks like. Here's some of the, the feel of the city. And so take a look at this video, and then we'll talk about um, implications for what we do. Not too long ago, our city was mainly what you see now, a sea of sand. But here, at the center of the world's three most populous continents, something precious, something valuable was hidden beneath these desert sands. Oil. On the heels of the discovery of this precious commodity, Dubai became extremely wealthy, and towers were erected upon these once desolate dunes. Millions, including my family, migrated to Dubai in search of opportunity. The city's political, market, and environmental advantages have made it an ideal climate for trade and investors, but also make it ripe for what is truly most valuable, the gospel of Jesus Christ. <clears throat> Tell me who you guys are. My name's Eric Zeller. My name's Scott Zeller, and we both serve as missionaries here in Dubai. So why Dubai? Dubai is one of the fastest growing cities in the world. And so with that in mind, we joined Redeemer Church of Dubai to train and to equip and to disciple the believers here for the work of the ministry. But Dubai not only presents a great need within the city itself, but also presents a strategic location to reach the surrounding nations because of its positioning right in the center of the 1040 window. You may have never heard of the 1040 window, so here's my friend Bevan to explain. So the 1040 window is that region of the world that stretches from Northern Africa to East Asia. The interesting thing about this region is that one third of the land mass occupies two thirds of the world's people. The vast majority of these people lying in this uh, region have not heard the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. And it's important that healthy churches are planted in this region uh, to propagate the good news, the good news of the Lord Jesus Christ. We came here to Dubai because friends of ours had planted a church here in 2010. Uh, at the time, it was the world's fastest growing city and skyscrapers were popping up out of the desert, you know, built on sand and you could come here and make more money than wherever you were back home but there wasn't gospel preaching churches. 90% of the people who are living here are from somewhere else. Everywhere in the world has gathered here, but they're representing nations of the world that need to hear the gospel of Jesus Christ preached. And so for that reason, uh, along the way we decided, let's, how can we do that in a concerted way and started it, what we call now the Gulf Training Center. There's so many crazy doctrines floating around there, things being said about God, about Christ, about the gospel that are not true. That, that leaders for the church need to be able to give that kind of instruction, and so we're preparing them to do that. And so a healthy church, a faithful church, needs to preach the gospel with clarity in that kind of a context. And again, that requires biblically, as well as practically, a leader who knows so deeply the truth of scripture that he's able to, to teach it to people who can then teach others. And we have an opportunity to reach them here and send them back to those places for the witness of the gospel. The people here are a lot like people that are there in the U.S. They, they're materialistic. They're part of consumer culture. They like mm -hmm. to have 
the newest phones and go to the mall and buy the newest stuff and drive really cool cars. And it, it can be a very entertainment driven, materialistic culture um, filled with the promises of things that don't ultimately satisfy. Uh, what would you tell a student who's interested in global missions? You know, one of our friends over here loves to say there's no transformation by aviation. Um, which is that going overseas, you're the same person that you are there. Mm. So are you growing in Christ now? Are you faithfully serving Christ now? Yeah, I think to be globally useful for Christ, everyone needs to be locally committed to a local church because God has a mission for His church. And so you want to be connected to His church because that's how you're going to know that joy. Redeemer Church is dozens of nationalities, over 60 nationalities last time we counted. It's gathering every week for worship. But what makes us unique is not our diversity, but it's our unity. So at this church, we have a little taste of heaven, what we're looking forward to around that throne when every tribe and tongue and nation is gathering for worship around Jesus Christ. We're seeing that happen here in Dubai to His glory. Here in Dubai, a kingdom is being built on these sands, but my hope and my life are built on the rock that is Christ. These buildings will crumble, but my hope will not. And my prayer is that the gospel will transform the city and go forth across the sea of sands into the windows of hearts of those who do not know Christ. All right, so I hope that video encourages you as you see a little glimpse of this unique place in which we live and you see that God is at work there, that God is building his church there, that, um, that, that people are being saved and people are being discipled and, and the word of the Lord is going forth even in that least reached part of the world. So you saw in the video, you saw my brother Scott who serves alongside us. He's one of the pastors at our church and so thankful to get to serve Together, you also saw Bevan John. He's one of our students at the training center, and um, he has since graduated, and he has gone out, and now he's doing a ministry back in India, and so really thankful for Bevan. And so in terms of our ministry, you know, you heard about some of it in the video, so um, thinking about that, what, what do we do there in Dubai? And so we could break it down like this. We could say, first of all, we, we live in Dubai, so we're just, we're, we're there in the city, we're, we're present there, we're meeting people, we're sharing the gospel with people, we're representing Christ there in this, in this city that has been one of the fastest growing cities in the world, that's a city that is marked by um, an international cosmopolitan population, it's largely English speaking, it's a city with a lot of goals and a lot of aspirations, people come there to make money. People come there because they see here's the tallest building in the world and here's the biggest mall in the world and here's the fastest cars in the world and we want, we want in on that dream. But what we've seen is that the Lord has used Dubai for many to reorient their dreams away from self and towards Him and towards His glory. And so, um, so, so they're living in Dubai. We're also serving as part of Redeemer Church. Um, so I'm one of the pastors at Redeemer Church. Um, this is the church that was started 11 years ago, and uh, by God's grace, has grown very significantly since then. And of course, in the last couple years, it's been different. And so, you know, some of you are, have been getting our updates and praying for us. And, and by the way, I have a, uh, uh, let's see what we got here. I've got an email list. So if anybody wants to get prayer updates and know what's going on in Dubai, you can be praying for us. You can just put your name and email on this paper. So I'm just going to pass this around. Do you want to grab that and just sort of pass it on down? And whoever wants to 
to get on that, can put your email on that. And um, so do be praying for us. But, but yeah, some of you have been praying for us these last couple of years. And so church, ha- it used to look like this, but during most of the last couple of years, it's looked more like this, right? Because we, you know, we, we generally meet in a hotel in Dubai. That's just the space that's available for a church meeting. And it's a unique place because on some ways, there's freedom. You know, Dubai is kind of unique in that there's more freedom available for Christians there than many other countries surrounding there. And so our church is not underground. We're not hidden. We have a YouTube channel and a church website. And so we're, we're public in that sense. So that's allowed. But we're also restricted in some ways. We can't own property. We can't have our own building. There's a lot of things that we can't do. And so for meetings, We've generally met in, we've rented hotel ballrooms and used kind of big spaces like that, but the Dubai government, when the pandemic started, they shut down all meetings like that, and so anything, any kind of gathering publicly, whether it's a business meeting or a mosque or a church service, that all got shut down, so we were, uh, we were doing live streaming for uh, the better part of 2020. The beginning of this year, a rule changed. In the rule in Dubai, the rule was still the same, but we have seven different emirates in the UAE, and so there's a different emirate. It's like a different state, about an hour away, where they were allowing gatherings. So we started driving up there to have church services. It's about an hour away. It's kind of like if you couldn't have church here, but they said, okay, in Oklahoma you can have church, so y'all had to go to Oklahoma for your weekly service. Kind of like that. So we we went up over the border. We had a service over there, and so we did that from January of this year until August. And then in August, finally, they said, okay, services are allowed in Dubai again. The hotels are back open. And so since August, we've been back in Dubai. And by God's grace, things are, you know, little by little getting back to normal. We have kids ministry again. We have services. People are coming back. And so, you know, that's just kind of where we're at as a church. The Lord is continuing to work. He's worked all through the pandemic, but we're really thankful that, okay, now it seems like we can be sort of getting back to ministry as usual and training people and discipling people and shepherding people as we, as we have been. But, um, but it's really unique what, what the Lord is doing in the church in the UAE. I mean, we, we have more than 60 different nations represented in our church. People from 60 different countries are there. And it's, you know, just people from every tribe and tongue are literally right there in the church. And, and so as God is saving those people, um, it's so exciting to be discipling them and knowing that none of them are going to live there in Dubai permanently. It's not possible to live in Dubai permanently. You can't become a citizen. You can't get a green card. You're just there temporarily as a worker with a job. And then they're going to be going back to the countries they came from. And so it's sort of this unique window of time in people's lives where the Lord is bringing them into churches that are preaching sound doctrine, preaching expositionally, and they can be trained up in churches like that and then sent back. And so to kind of fuel those efforts, in addition to serving in the church and pastoring in the church, we are training pastors. And you heard about in the video I showed about the Gulf Training Center. That was our original name. And now, more recently, we've changed the name of our ministry to Gulf Theological Seminary. And to kind of introduce that, I want to show you another video, another short video. And this is a video we made more recently, maybe about, uh, like, let's see, early, the beginning of this year, we made this video. And this is, you know, kind of communicating to our church and to our students about the new name for the seminary. And the reason why I wanted to show it to you is because it talks a little bit about the work of training there in the seminary. And then it also is going to show you some of the people I get to work with and some of our students. So you get to hear some of the stories of our different students in this video. So let's, let's see this, and then we'll talk a little bit more about that. Gulf Theological Seminary. 
Global Christianity needs a reformation. Around the world, the advance of the gospel is hindered by unbiblical teaching, false doctrine, and poor missiology. We've tried to move so fast in missions that syncretism has been the result. We need to slow down because we need leaders, leaders who are indigenous to this region, who rightly handle the word of truth, who preach and teach the whole counsel of God, who work hard to build healthy churches. And so we need to be willing to invest years in training and equipping pastors and church planters, theologians and writers, and lay leaders at every level. A reformation needs reformers. My name's Aaron and I'm from the Philippines. When I came to GTC, the Lord had opened the door for me to pastor a Filipino church here in Dubai. I was doing my best to lead and preach faithfully, but I didn't really know how. I had never been trained. I quit my corporate life in 2013 in response to just an overwhelming burden and desire God put, especially for communities that I grew up in, where scripture was not at the center of it. I'm studying at GTC so I can more effectively lead my small group of women here in Dubai so that down the line I can be a part of gospel-centered church plant in my own home country. The modern, fast-growing global cities of the Gulf region are a remarkably strategic context for the gospel's advance. The UAE is not only located in the heart of the least reached region of the world, but is also a place where 90% of the population comes from other nations, where English is a primary language, and where we have the freedom of religion. God has created something unique in the Gulf. In 2015, Redeemer Church was five years old, and we had seen the Lord work in incredible ways to save sinners and to gather a church of 1,000 in attendance from 60 different nations but we longed for more. As we saw God bringing together believers from every tribe and tongue and nation, we longed for this place to become a sending hub from which we could send indigenous believers to plant and lead gospel preaching churches out in their own context. <clears throat> but first, they need to be equipped. And so we started dreaming big, making plans, and soon the Gulf Training Center was born. And I think I found answers to what I was looking to. Now, coming from an itinerant ministry and thinking that was the best way to go about preaching the gospel, that began changing. I saw the need for faithful preaching and teaching with intentional discipleship in the context of the local church. There is so much more uh, I have come to learn. There's so much more I have gained during this time. There are better understanding and handling of the Bible uh, that I think speaks more into even the theology or the knowledge I was seeking to acquire in the first place. When I study God's Word now, it's a wonderful experience to observe the text carefully, see the tense and prepositions used, interpret the text for what it would have meant for the readers then, and how it applies to us now. I'm so encouraged now to read the Bible with other women or explain it in simpler way to the children. Um, I remember a class entitled New Testament Exegesis and Preaching where we learn to use the languages the grammar of the Greek language. With that learning, with that kind of knowledge, I was able to hone my preaching and be able also to share that lesson that I learned to other churches, particularly to a partner church that we have in Abu Dhabi. Our Lord is the one who's doing this work, and He's truly done more than we can ever ask or think. In 2016, 15 students began the MDiv program. 
And as they've continued over the years, we've been able to add even more options for other students with a variety of MA degrees, our popular foundations program. Now we have opportunities not only for pastors and church planners, but in biblical counseling and women's ministry and general biblical and theological study to serve the church. Now in our fifth school year, the Lord has multiplied the work tenfold with 150 currently enrolled students coming from more than 20 different countries. GTC has been able to have a wide impact on the church in the UAE with several hundred believers over the years taking at least one course. But the best days of equipping the saints are still ahead of us. The Lord continues to bring students from many different churches and many different countries to come and to study. The Lord is building our team here with three amazing new full-time professors, one here now, others coming later this year. The Lord's brought the opportunity to launch our second campus in Abu Dhabi through a partnership with Evangelical Community Church there. We're pursuing accreditation through the European Council for Theological Education. And now, in recognition of all that the Lord has done, today we're announcing to you our new name. Gulf Training Center is officially becoming Gulf Theological Seminary. The seminary is the normal word known worldwide for an educational institution that trains students for ministry in the local church. And with this new name, Gulf Theological Seminary, we're acknowledging that a seminary is what God has brought about in this strategic place, and we're inviting our fellow Christians to come and to be equipped. We are not signaling a change in direction, but continuing on the path that we've always been on, world-class, church-dependent, theological education designed for Christians in this region. We would love to have you as a part of Gulf Theological Seminary. We want to see pulpits aflame with the glory of Christ as God's word is faithfully proclaimed. When the word of God is faithfully proclaimed, it creates churches under the authority of the word where the Lord Jesus Christ is cherished, worshipped, and honored as he should be. At Gulf Theological Seminary, we are committed to training and equipping leaders for this reformation. May the Lord continue raising up students for GTS and through this ministry and through the church create a ripple effect that resounds for the gospel throughout this region and throughout this world. So that's a little bit about GTS and where we came from and what we're doing now. And so you got to see in that video uh, Dave Furman, who planted Redeemer Church and is still the senior pastor. And so he serves with us as our chairman of the board at GTS. Aubrey Sequira is the, the Indian brother that was there in the video. And he is the pastor of a uh, like-minded church in Abu Dhabi. And so we're partnering with them to start our new campus in Abu Dhabi. And so then you got to also meet some of my favorite students. We saw, we saw Aaron, we saw Isaac, we saw Samuel, uh, we saw Namratha, and all of them uh, faithful servants learning and being used in different kinds of ministries. And so um, I wanted you to see that and get a glimpse of the kinds of people we're working with there at GTS. And so maybe just to give a little bit of, you know, we saw, heard some of this in the video, but just to give some, some numbers that go along with that with our students now studying the seminary. Um, as, as we said in the video, it, it's grown quite a bit. We've almost doubled the student population every year thus far. And so um, we were, this is last year, this year it's a little more than this. We're just about 142, right around 150 students. And so these students are coming from uh, more than 20 different countries. And so you can see some of the demographics there. 
You can see we've got a lot from India, a lot from the Philippines, and you know, Nigeria and Kenya both have quite a number. And then just you can see that long list of countries where we have a lot of countries where we have one or two students that come from there. And so the Lord is bringing students you know, into the church in the UAE and then bringing many of them into the seminary for training on different levels. And so one of the things, you know, I think when I was here before, and, you know, at a kind of earlier stage in the ministry and talking about our needs and our prayer requests, one of the big needs that we've had for the, the last few years of our ministry is just more people. You know, we've been undermanned, and as the Lord is growing the ministry very rapidly, we've been saying, we, we need other people to come and work with us. We need other trainers of pastors to come and serve alongside us and kind of uh, share this work as just the number of classes is multiplying. And so we're really grateful that the Lord has brought um, a, a faculty to us. And so the, the two brothers you see with me in that picture, uh, T.J. Smith and Adam Brown, are our new faculty members. Both are now living in Dubai, and they're there now. They're teaching classes, like even potentially as we speak, they're teaching classes. And so, um, so we're just thankful for both of these guys. You know, they're well-qualified guys. Adam, the bald guy in the middle, he was... A, he has a Ph.D. in Old Testament. He was pastoring and church planting in Canada, where he's from, for the last 15 years. And so he, he knows his stuff. He can teach the, the Old Testament and teach the whole Bible. But he does that with a pastor's heart uh, because he's been pastoring and shepherding for so long. Um, T.J. Smith, the other guy in the picture, he is, um, he's been a missionary in India for the last 15 years and done a lot of evangelism and church planting there. And so he's uh, our dean of students. He's teaching some of our pastoral courses. And so just having these guys there to, to share the load has been, has been great and has really multiplied what we're able to do. And uh, we have actually two more faculty members on their way that are coming that are raising support right now. And so we have, uh, we have a growing women's ministry training program. You saw one of the ladies, Namrata, there in the video, and we've just seen that as a need that for, you know, as women are discipling women within the context of the church, that, you know, we have a lot of need for those women to be equipped in their hermeneutics and their Bible and being able to lead Bible studies well and teach other women well. And so we've got a, we're trying to start a training program specifically for that. And so we have uh, Jen Kittner, who was a faculty member at the Master's University. She's coming over to head up our uh, women's ministry training program, and she'll be hopefully moving in January. And then we have another brother, uh, Dr. Sam Parkinson, who's a, currently a pastor in Kansas City, is coming to head up our Abu Dhabi campus. So as we expand down there, we're trying to build a faculty down in that city. It's about a, an hour and a half drive away, so thankful to see the, the team growing and the Lord bringing co-laborers here into the work. Um, we had, you know, an exciting moment in the history of GTS. We had our first graduation this past May. It had gotten delayed a little bit because of the pandemic, but um, back in May, we had our first 10 graduates that had been with us from the beginning and, and been through uh, one of the programs, and so it was exciting to celebrate um, 10 of them getting either MDiv or MA uh, degrees from the seminary, so that's our first graduating class, most of them. Um, here's some of our board and faculty at the graduation. Um, and just a, a fun day of celebration. So that's a little bit about the seminary. There's a lot more I could say, but we'll, we'll try to limit it there. But then the other part of our ministry that I wanted to talk about, in addition to pastoring and the seminary, we also are about church planting. We don't want to just teach a bunch of people and then leave them doing nothing. But the reason why we're training leaders is so that we can see more churches established um, in that part of the world. And so 
here's a map of the UAE and just thinking about kind of what the Lord has done already and is doing with regard to church planting, these different colors represent the seven different emirates of the UAE. And so here's Redeemer Church of Dubai, our church, which was founded in 2010. And since that time, Redeemer has been able to be a part of a number of other church plants in the region. And so in the next emirate of Sharjah, we saw Grace Church in 2012, Ras Al Khaimah 2013, Fujairah 2014, um, Alain 2016, Crossroads Church in Dubai 2018, Covenant Hope in Dubai 2017. And so the Lord has, as people keep coming, we're able to send out groups here, send out groups there, spread, the, spread into different places. And so there's this church planting movement that Redeemer's been able to be at the center of in the UAE. And so as we're doing this training, we're trying, we want to keep seeing that multiply in the UAE and then beyond. And so you can see there um, City Bible Church in Beirut. So we were able to send one of the guys we trained to Beirut to plant a church a few years ago. Um, this year, uh, we're planting a church in Dubai, Center Church 2021. Uh, we all are also working on a church plant in Cochin, India, uh, that we have our, our guy that we trained and has sent over there. He's there now living in, in South India, and he'll be that church, Lord willing, will be starting next year. And we're also working on a church plant in Kuwait. It's called Reach Kuwait. And so um, that's the kind of the pre-church plant name of it. And so we have a, a, a ministry in Kuwait starting next year. And so the Lord, the Lord is at work, and, you know, he, he is bringing people, he's spreading people. People are here in Dubai, they're going to these other places. We're able to train leaders and send them to pastor these groups of people, and, um, and the gospel is going to more places. And so this is just the beginning as we see it. And as we, you know, we are there, we're in this strategic location, uh, we're able to keep training people. Our hope and our dream is that we would be able to see churches planted, you know, year by year as the years come, many churches planted, not just in the UAE, not just in Dubai, but all throughout our region. And if you look, um, you know, one example, let's see, where, where are we on time? I'm going to, w- I would tell you more about this story, but we've got, so this is Isaac, he, you saw him in the video, he's one of our, our graduates from this last year, so just an exciting church plant story, I'll, I'll tell you this just for a minute, is that Isaac, his, his story, he's from South India, he came to Dubai about a decade ago for a job, and he was kind of in, in banking. He, you know, his degree was in finance, and he worked in the banking industry, and he had a very successful corporate career. He, he was, at one point, the managing director of, of, uh, of Visa, Visa International. He, he managed their whole operation for the Middle Eastern region, and so he was kind of a highly placed executive, and he was in a sort of traditional Indian church, and so he was in that church, and, you know, he was kind of like a nominal Christian for kind of well into his adult life, but at some point, he started reading the Bible and studying the Bible and just realizing, hey, there's, there's a lot here that we're not talking about in my church. And so he started leading a Bible study, and so he had a Tuesday evening Bible study, and he's just kind of reading the Bible with some different people in his church, and, uh, you know, more people are coming, and eventually they kind of filled up his apartment, and so he said, you know, okay, we'll have a Bible study on Wednesday night as well. And so he had a Tuesday Bible study and a Wednesday Bible study. And a lot of people from his church are coming to both of them. And the, all these people are just hungry. They're saying, this is incredible that, you know, we can just read through the Bible. And there's all these things it says about Christ and about the gospel and about how you're saved and how we live for Christ. Our church isn't talking about these things. Um, this, this is amazing. And so, um, so he had a Tuesday Bible study, a Wednesday Bible study. You know, I think eventually there was a Thursday Bible study, a Monday Bible study. He's doing Bible studies every night of the week. And so that's when I met him. And he had just decided when I met him, this is about six years ago, 
He said, you know, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to leave my corporate job. I'm, I'm going to quit work, and I'm going to give myself full time to, to training these people, to teaching God's Word. But he said, I'm, I'm doing these Bible studies every night of the week, but I don't know what I'm doing. Like, I don't know how to study Scripture. I don't know theology. I'm just kind of doing my best here, but, uh, but I need help. I need training. And so we were able to, you know, to bring him in. He's been through our whole MDiv program now. He's been trained. He, he, now he knows how to preach. He knows how to do exegesis. He knows his theology. At some point along the way there, he transitioned from that other church to Redeemer Church and became a staff member and a, a leader with us. And so we've just sent him out um, in the last few months to, to plant his own church in Dubai. And so many of those people who are coming to his Bible studies, now they're part of this church we call Center Church. And so I got to preach there just about two weeks ago before I came here, and just incredible to see, you know, a whole room full of people that are hearing God's Word taught from one of our graduates, and Lord willing, that'll be the first of many churches that are started um, through ministries like that. And so, just thinking about where we're going, I mean, there's a lot of things, we could talk a lot about these things, but there are some things on the horizon, we're starting some new programs at the seminary, we're pursuing accreditation, I talked about faculty, there are some extension sites that we're in discussion about, Abu Dhabi is the most advanced one, but there's, there's hunger, there's demand all throughout the region, and so we're having some conversations with churches and some of these other places about doing training ministry there, so the, there's exciting things on the horizon, and um, so... You know, we, we, what, what continues to drive us is looking at this map and seeing, okay, here's the UAE uh, right here on the Arabian Peninsula. Yes, we've seen a lot of church plants already, but then just looking at our region, the 1040 window, as we saw in the video, and saying there's, there's so much opportunity, so much need that remains. And so um, our hope is that we would just continue to see more graduates go, more churches planted, and the gospel spread all throughout this region. And so that's what we're, we're aiming at in the years to come. And with that, I'm, I'm kind of talking fast here because I'm trying to leave a few minutes for questions, as I promised I would. And so, tell you what, let me give you one thing. One of the things we want is that we really want you all to be praying for us. We want you to know what's going on. So I passed the email list. I don't know where that ended up, but hopefully that's still making its way around, and we'd love to send you those emails and praying for it. The other thing I want to do is I want to give you a prayer card. This is this beautiful picture of our family, and so if you want a lovely picture of the Zellers to put on your fridge to remind you to pray for us, just grab one of these. So I will send this deck around, and you can grab one of those. If you want one, I'll just send half to each side. And um, so with that, uh, let's do some questions. So we got a few minutes here. So what, can, what questions can I answer about Dubai, about GTS, about the Zeller family, about if you want to talk about, you know, uh, critical race theory or vaccines, we could do that. Um, you could just refer that to Pastor Dan, I think. But um, yeah, questions. Um, yeah, good question. So about visa and about property. So on visas, so yes, you can get a green card. In some ways, it's easier to get a visa in Dubai. So like what I said earlier, like we had to leave India because we couldn't get a visa. So in Dubai, you can get a visa um, through, you know, most people through their employers. We can get a visa through the church. And so it's a, you know, it's a bureaucratic process. But in the end, we get a visa for, that's good for four years and so, and that's how all the visas really work. It's, it's a term. It's two years, it's three years, it's four years, depending on the company or the occupation. And then that's renewable. Basically, if your employer wants you to still be there, you can renew the visa for another two or three or four years. 
And so it just continues like that. So I think we're on like our third visa at this point, and, and that continues to be there. And so it's a pretty straightforward process. Um, but there are limits. I think there are, like, you can't renew it beyond like age 60 or 65, depending again on the, on the field. So even if someone is working for the same company, they could be for 20 years or something, but they will have to go at some point. So uh, that visa's property... Um, and if, let me know if we run out of cards. I've got more if we, need, if we end up needing more. Yeah, you could do that, put it on the back table. Um, Property-wise, so yes, churches can't own property, so we don't own property. Uh, we don't rent property. We are currently in a process of approval with the government that we think is going to allow the seminary to rent property. So we're hoping within the next six months to a year we can rent some kind of office space that we can put in a couple classrooms and kind of use that as our hub. But thus far, we've been either in hotel spaces or in houses. So like a couple of our faculty members right now have some kind of bigger houses where we've set aside kind of half the space to be like a classroom. And we, we do a lot of classes in that kind of a setup. And we do a lot of church ministry stuff in different people's homes that way as well because we have the hotels on, on, you know, for services, but then other stuff is just basically in homes. So that's the setup now. Yes. Yeah, the government of the UAE. So the Arabian Peninsula, quick history, you know, it's just desert, right? There, there's nothing there that's very attractive. And so turn back the clock 70 years, and, you know, there's some nomadic tribes, you know, Bedouins going around there. Um, actually, pearl diving was a big industry in the place. They would take boats off the coast and dive for pearls. But there was just not much happening there. The British kind of had a presence there. They called it the, the Trucial States back before uh, the World Wars. And so not much going on there early on. But then, you know, early part of the, the 20th century, they discovered oil. And so oil's found offshore. Suddenly there's money there. Suddenly there's, you know, there's uh, people want a share of it. Companies are coming in. And so there's these different tribes, basically, that had controlled the different areas, you know, clans, essentially, and nomadic tribes. And they, and they really historically had been at war with each other. You know, they're battling over the, you know, access to the well and that kind of thing. But in 1972, they realized, hey, there's enough money here for all of us and we're going to be better off if we have some strength together to kind of represent ourselves regionally and internationally. And so in 1972, the different tribes banded together to create the UAE. So emirate is kind of an Islamic word for a kingdom, and emir is a like Muslim king. And so there's seven different emirates. So it's kind of like the United Kingdom. It's like seven different kingdoms coming together to create this this government uh, as they have 50 years ago. And so that's, that's the state in the UAE. And so there are some kind of significantly different rules from one emirate to the next, but then things like visa policy are, are united throughout them all. And so in the end, we have good relations with the government. You know, they are, um, as compared to Saudi Arabia, somewhere like that, we have a lot of freedom for what we do, but it's certainly not like being here. And, you know, even I know Christians here in the U.S. say, oh man, there's, you know, freedoms aren't what they used to be, but they're a lot better here than they are over there, uh, even to this day. So, good question. Any other questions? Yeah. Uh, languages and yeah, languages. So, you know, like we've said, there's people there from everywhere in the world. So, 
every language is represented. So you'll walk around the mall and you'll hear people speaking Arabic and speaking Hindi and speaking French and speaking German. And so every language is there. So the, the official language of the country is English. Uh, because people from all these different countries are there, English seems to be the one that the most people have in common. So that's kind of the default for business or for education or for, so, you know, church we do in English, seminary we do in English. And so there's a lot of Arabic spoken, there's a lot of Hindi spoken, but English is the main language. Uh, that said, we are, one of the things that we've got, we've, we're working on is planting churches that worship in other languages because there are people there that don't speak, you know, that speak some English, but don't speak, you know, enough English to be, to be you know, hearing a sermon and really getting all the details of that um, in English. And so we planted a Tagalog language church that's, uh, you know, from the, for people from the Philippines, and then we're, you know, thinking through options for planting Arabic-speaking churches or Hindi-speaking churches down the road. So, so but mo- mostly English, but then there's some other stuff out there, too. So what was the other part of the question? Islamic community. So there are, the UAE government, it's a very like kind of big brother, you know, like they're paying attention to everything, very controlling, and they are very wary of Islamic fundamentalism. And so they don't want to be like Saudi Arabia. They don't want to be like Yemen. They don't want to be like uh, Iran. And so they are, they very tightly control like what messages can be said in the mosques, you know, there's no, there's not any kind of like ethic of freedom of speech, so they are, they have a very sort of secular 21st century moderate brand of Islam that they are, they enforce pretty dogmatically um, as far as the Muslim population, and so that said, there's no, there's really no forum for extremism there. If you're, if you're want to preach about um, you know, jihad and blowing everything up, you're going to be better off in London than you are in Dubai. So, um, but, so there's that. So it is a majority Muslim country, and so most people we meet are Muslim, neighbors, you know, et cetera. And for the most part, they're, um, they're, they're people, you know, on the street, people around in the neighborhood, they're, they're friendly and they're kind, they're willing to talk. You know, we talk very openly about religion, and, you know, your average Muslim, in my experience, is much more open to talking about Christianity than, like, your average person here in Fort Worth. When I was pastoring up in Grapevine, if I go to the park with my kids and meet some random person, and say, oh, I'm a pastor at the church, they're like, oh, okay, you know, like, I don't want to talk to you. Whereas in Dubai, I say, hey, I'm a pastor at the church, I'm like, oh, like, what is that? Like, tell me about that. And so we have these great conversations, um, but it's a slow process for people converting to Christ, and we see it happen regularly, but it is, it does take time and a lot of conversations and a lot of biblical study, and there are potential consequences for people who, who convert. Um, social consequences, family consequences, um, potentially legal consequences. We haven't seen that too much, but, but that's possible. So, um, so there's room to work, room to meet people, room to share, but there is, you know, there is that climate that's there. And, th- and there is you know, even as individual people tend to be kind and friendly, um, oh, and I just realized we're past the cutoff point that, that Pastor Dan gave me, so we need to end it here. Um, people are friendly. You know, there is, there is a lot of darkness to it, and we, and we see that too. We see, you know, we see a lot of injustice. We see people suffering. We see people be, being mistreated, whether that's employees or family members. or There, there is a, a harsh darkness to it that is very evident there, and, uh, and that's very, it's very sad. So um, pray, for, pray for Dubai, pray for the UAE, pray for our ministry there. 
Uh, we, we definitely need it, and we're thankful for y'all. We're thankful for the partnership and for the support.